Cool. Glad to be here this morning. My name is Derek. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I have been here a few times. I've spoken a few times, but I am the director of student ministry at the Well Church in Boulder, about 30 minutes up the road. And I just want to say it's an honor to be here and to speak this morning. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to open those up to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. If you don't have your Bibles, you probably have a Bible on your phone, so no reason you can't follow along. Um, while you're turning there, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I am a husband first. Oh, actually, I'm a Christian first. I'm a husband second, and I um, have two children who couldn't be here this morning. They have responsibilities at our church in Boulder, uh, just up the road. Uh, but I'm excited to be here, and I just want to say when God called our family to move to Colorado, he called us there with church planting on our heart. And so when I have the opportunity to see what God is doing in churches across the Front Range, when I have the opportunity to speak at a church plant or to see what's going on at church plants around the Denver metro region, it's just an honor. And I just love doing it because that is something that's very close to my heart, something I'm very passionate about as a person. And so I'm excited to get the privilege to speak here again. And I get the privilege this morning to actually kick off the Advent series with you guys, talking about how God promises hope. And um, thank you, Pastor Caleb, for giving me this topic. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. It's kind of a slow pitch softball for a, for, it's a, it's a slow softball pitch for a, uh, a pastor to speak about, and so I'm excited to talk about it. Let me just ask a question this morning. If you're being honest, how many of you would just say, you know, it's 2020, and I could admit I need some hope this morning? Anyone? I know I'm not alone in this. I could use some hope. 2020 has been a wild ride. Am I right? I mean, it's been crazy. Um, let's see. We, we, COVID is, the numbers are skyrocketing right now around our region. And so that has a lot of people on edge. We could use some hope because of that. We've dealt with murder hornets this year. We've dealt with mutant alligators in the south. Uh, we've dealt with... Um, Let's see, something we never had to deal with before, unless you were maybe in the healthcare profession, which is mask knee. Uh, we're, we're worried about the acne coming up on our face because we're wearing masks constantly. There's just so much going on. We have just, we're actually still kind of in the middle of one of the most divisive political seasons of my lifetime. There's a lot of division in the world right now. It's a, it's a scary thing. There's a lot of uneasiness. And so I think it's fair to say that a lot of us are dealing right now with fear, with anxiety, and we could use some hope. And I'll be honest and just be transparent for a few minutes and just say that this has been a really hard year for my family. I know that many of you can relate, but it's been tough. Uh, for some reason, even though I spent like six months working from home other than on Sundays, I somehow found myself doing more than I would normally do in a year, and it's been like a busier year. Some of you can relate to that. I've been trying to like work full time, also like school my children, uh, just dealing with so much. My daughter is, uh, she has a learning disability, and so she is really struggling right now because she's not getting the support that she had in the school system before. So she's falling behind. So as a parent, I'm like worried because I'm just thinking, okay, how far can my child fall behind? And how are we going to ever catch them back up? Uh, my son is, he doesn't have a lot of friends in our neighborhood to play with, and so he's dealing with a lot of loneliness right now, and I don't say any of that so that you'll look at me and be like, oh, I feel so sorry for you. I say that to say, you know what, I can relate. 
I know what many of you are probably going through in this season. I think it's important to be honest with just where we are before God. And so maybe you can relate to that. I don't know what this year has been like for you other than lockdowns and changing rules constantly and all of that, but maybe it's been a hard year for you financially and you're wondering, how am I ever going to recover from everything that I've had to deal with this year? Maybe it's been a hard year for you relationally that you don't do well alone and we've all been isolated for so long and and you're worried about that. Maybe you've got loved ones that you haven't seen in a long time. Loved ones that you're worried about. Maybe they're at a higher risk or whatever. Um, You've experienced loss this year. Maybe you've experienced depression. I don't know. But here's my hope this morning. I hope that as we look at, at, I guess you would call it the prelude to the Christmas story, I hope that you will hear some hope from the Holy Spirit this morning. That's my hope and my desire for you. And this is why studying the promises of God is so important. Because when we look at the promises of God and we realize that God is a God who keeps his promises, we have hope. We have something to put our trust in. And we have hope in uncertainty. We have hope in difficult times. And when I say hope, I want to just take a minute and clarify what I mean by hope. Because I think when most of us think of hope, what we think of is this, like, desire of a preferred outcome of the future, right? And so when I I talk about hope, what I think of is, you know, I'm not convinced I'm going to get a Christmas bonus this year, but I hope I do. I'm not convinced this is going to be a good whatever, but I hope it is. I'm not convinced my turkey turned out okay for Thanksgiving, but I hope it's good. You know, it's kind of this, like, I'm unsure about the future, but I have positive vibes about it. This is not what we're talking about biblically when we talk about hope. When we talk about hope biblically, what we're talking about is more than an uncertainty about the future with a preferred outcome. We're talking about an eager expectation that something is going to happen. And the reason that we celebrate Advent on the church calendar is that we remember the coming of Christ, his first Advent, And then we look forward in eager expectation to his return, to his second coming. And we don't wonder if Jesus is going to come back or not. We have an eager expectation that he is going to return, that that's going to happen. And so when I talk about hope this morning, that's the hope that I want you to have. I want you to have an eager expectation of what God is going to do. And so we're going to look, before we get to the, the nativity, before we get to to the birth of Jesus, we need to go back a little bit. We could go back hundreds and hundreds of years. I actually spoke last year around this same time on the prophecy of Emmanuel and what that means. So we're not going to look at that this morning. But what I do want to do is I want to look at someone who gets left out many times in the Christmas story, and that is the story of Joseph. Let's look at Joseph this morning and see if we can find some hope there. So we're going to start in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Okay, so let's stop right there, and we'll talk about what's going on for just a few seconds. Joseph is betrothed to Mary, the Mary from the Christmas story. And we don't do betrothals in America, and so many of us, we have trouble relating to what exactly is a betrothal. What does that mean? The closest thing we have in American culture to betrothal would be engagement. And so a lot of people, when they think of the Christmas story and Mary and Joseph, they think, okay, 
Mary and Joseph were engaged to each other. They were engaged to be married. But betrothal is a much bigger and more serious commitment than an engagement. See, when we get married, in America, we make a covenant with each other, right? We make a covenant with each other before God and before others uh, that we're going to do all of these things, perform our, our marriage tasks that we are required to perform, that we're, we're signing up for. But when you would get betrothed, you actually entered into a legal covenant at that moment, before the marriage ceremony even took place. Betrothal was much more binding than a typical engagement. In fact, pe when people looked at you and you were betrothed to someone, you were already called husband and wife by the society at large. If you had sex outside of betrothal, it was considered adultery. Um, if your betrothed died, you were considered a widow or a widower. So this is where Joseph and Mary are. They've already made a covenant with each other before God. They're awaiting marriage. And Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant. Can you imagine what Joseph is going through in that moment? Can you imagine the feelings he's feeling? Feelings of betrayal? Feelings of disappointment? He had this whole plan about where his life was headed. And then in an instant, he finds out his wife is pregnant and he's upset. And then she says, listen, listen, listen. It's not what you think the father of this baby is God. <laughs> just, just think about what's going through his mind. Yeah, who's believing that one, right? Th this, this isn't how it's supposed to go. In an instant, things go south for Joseph. This is the girl he's supposed to spend the rest of his life with, and now she's pregnant, and it's not his baby, and she's saying it's God's baby. So my wife is pregnant, and she might be crazy. That's what he's thinking. And a lot of questions are going through Joseph's head in this moment. How did my life, how did my life get to this point? He says, God, this is not how this was supposed to go. I'm so disappointed, and I don't know what to do with this. And so Joseph begins to think through what are his options in this relationship. Look at verse 19. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So Joseph had three options when he found this out. He could divorce her publicly, which would publicly shame her. There was a very likely chance that she would have been stoned for that, potentially facing the death penalty for cheating on her future husband. So he could have divorced her publicly and maybe even caused her to be executed. He could divorce her privately, which is what it seems like he had decided in his heart that he was going to do, which is to break off the engagement but also save her the public shame and the consequences for this. Or he could choose in that, in that situation to marry her. But what he would be doing in that situation is he would be taking on her shame. And he would be he would be the one who had sinned outside of marriage with his wife in, in the public's mind. And this would be something he would never live down, something that would be talked about. His reputation would be marred in the community. And so it's safe to say that things did not turn out the way that Joseph had predicted they would turn out. And, and when I think of this, my mind immediately goes, as someone who's in ministry, to all the pastors that in January of 2020 were preaching their 2020 vision series— of what God was going to do in their church over the next year, having no idea what was coming. 
I think of all of us that had all of these plans that we had to cancel. All of these ideas of where we would maybe be financially, of where we would be in life, of where we would travel, of what goals we would meet, and then all of a sudden, things don't turn out the way that we planned. And in the middle of all of this, and, and in the middle of what Joseph's going through, I want us to see what happens next. Because I, I think it's safe to say that he's in a very disappointed, almost feeling hopeless. What are my options here? I guess I'm, I'm breaking off this engagement. Look at verse 20. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Jesus means Savior, for he will save his people from their sins. So an angel shows up to Joseph in this time and says, Hey, listen, don't be afraid. There's a lot going on right now in your life that's causing anxiety. Don't be afraid. This marriage probably hasn't turned out the way you thought it would. Don't be afraid because God is at work in this situation. God tells Joseph that in this moment, through an angel, he, he says he is sending Jesus into the world, his baby into the world to save the world from their sins. Joseph's looking around at his situation and God says, hey, I, I don't want you to miss what I'm doing in this scenario. God is working, and what God is working on is so much bigger than what Joseph knew. God says that he is working out a plan to save people from their sins. So, so think about this for a minute. Joseph is worried about his wife's sin, which it turns out is not actually sin at all, Meanwhile, God is in the process of dealing with the sins of humanity. Such a bigger scale than what he's feeling in that moment. In this moment, Joseph's dealing with this situation. He thinks he needs to know how to deal with divorcing his wife, and God is meeting his deepest need, which is providing a savior for him. Freedom from the power of sin in the lives of humanity. And what I want to do this morning is I just want to remind you that Jesus gives us hope. And Jesus is meeting our needs in this moment. And, and when we look around and it's so easy to feel hopeless, I want to remind you that God is still working to make all things new. That Jesus did come into the world. He did live a perfect sinless life. He did die on the cross, meeting the deepest needs of our heart, which is the heart issue of sin. And God is still bringing people to himself in this moment. I think of, of the video we just watched with the Dream Center and everything that God is doing in the middle of this chaos and this chaotic season. I was just talking to um, Pastor Caleb this morning, talking about how I love being a part of this church planning network because of just the grittiness that says, you know what, we will meet here and have church surrounded by motorcycles 
Our church is meeting at a bar right now, something that we did not expect at the beginning of 2020. But you know what? We're being gritty and we're gonna, the gospel is going forward. People are being saved. People's sins are being forgiven in the middle of the chaos that's all around us, in the middle of the division that's all around us. The gospel is going forward in 2020, no matter how 2020 has gone for you. And that gives me hope. That's an exciting thing. And listen, this isn't to downplay anything that anyone individually has experienced this year because it has been a hard year. But what I do want to do through this story is I want to remind us and give us some perspective that God many times is working in greater ways than we could imagine. Listen to what the angel says in verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So in that moment, God was not just offering hope to Joseph. He was fulfilling a prophecy that was made 700 years prior. 700 years earlier to redeem Israel. All of the stuff that Joseph was going through was actually happening to fulfill a promise from God to bring a savior into the world. And Joseph can actually have hope in this moment where he is deeply disappointed and feeling anxiety because God is keeping his promise in the middle of adversity by sending his son. And I just want to remind you this morning that the reason that you have hope in your adversity is because God is the God of hope and because God sent his son Jesus into the world. And Advent, the arrival of Jesus, is about God sending hope personified into the world. And Jesus is more than we need in this moment. He is more than we expect in this moment. And Advent is a reminder that God is a God who keeps his promises. 700 years earlier, the prophet Isaiah had prophesied that Jesus would come. And it was through this chaotic moment in Joseph's life that he did come, that he kept his promise. And when we look and we see that God kept his promise in Jesus, it's a reminder to me that God is a God who keeps his promises. And if I can trust him for that, I can trust him for anything. And if I can have hope in that, I can have hope in anything. I have a reason to hope because hope in the form of Jesus is God's fulfillment of a promise to each and every one of you. Look at what Joseph does next in verse 24. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So Joseph's situation did not change. Do you see that? Joseph still had to marry a a wife with a baby that was not his. His situation didn't change. She didn't all of a sudden become unpregnant. In fact, when he chose to marry her, he chose to take on her shame with him and to feel that reproach and to suffer the social consequences and the judgment from other people. His situation didn't change, but after he heard from an angel his perspective changed on his situation. And so in closing this morning, what I want to do is I just want to give you two points of application from this story, things that we can learn from this. The first would be this. I would encourage you, if you're struggling with something this morning, you're dealing with anxiety, you need hope, you're dealing with just difficulty and disappointment, I would encourage you to find somebody 
to help you process what you're dealing with in light of the gospel. Find someone to help you process what you're going through in light of the gospel. See, when times are hard, when times are uncertain, when we're dealing with anxiety, we tend to go to the news. We tend to go to social media, which I think we all can agree is a dumpster fire right now. And that's where we go for our hope. And I would love to say that, you know, if you'll just trust in God, an angel will appear to you and explain to you everything that's going on. I I doubt that's going to happen for anyone in here. Maybe it will. That would be awesome if it did. I doubt anyone's going to have a dream where God just says, this is what I'm doing. But you know what you do have? You do have a church. You do have the people of God to help bring perspective to your pain, to help bring perspective to what you're going through, to help bring perspective to your anxiety, to remind you of the things that God has done in your life over the last year, to remind you of the things that God has done in your church and in the church across the front range and across the world in the past year. Like, that's what we have. We have the people of God that can speak into our lives and offer us perspective and offer us hope because of Jesus when we need hope. And so maybe you've been coming here for a while and you've never gotten plugged into a a life group. Uh, They are called life groups, right? What are they called? Okay, yes, a community group. Yes, maybe you haven't been plugged into a community group. Now's your opportunity. Here's your sign. Sign up for a community group where you can be surrounded with the people of God that can speak perspective and hope into your situation. One of the benefits of being a part of a community group, a smaller group in a church, is that they can offer that hope when you're going through things. You have people to help you process things so you don't have to do that alone, and you shouldn't do that alone. And what I will say is this, I heard someone tell me this one time and it stuck with me about this idea of Christian community and why it's so important, is that community and Christian community in particular is like saving for retirement. You don't know you need it until you don't have it when you do need it. And this is why it's so important. It is an investment of your time to find community, to prioritize your schedule even when you're tired or whatever, and say, you know what, no, this is important to me. I need to work on relationships so that when I need community, it's there. And so I would encourage you to, if you need community, find community, find people to help you process things in light of the gospel, in light of what God is doing. The second application I would give you is this. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Jesus, God's greatest promise, came to earth. Proof that God keeps his promises. And when I know that God keeps his promises, I have hope. So, if you don't follow Jesus, I would encourage you to begin following Jesus today and find the hope that comes with following him. You have needs, and Jesus came to this earth to meet your greatest need, which is the needs of your heart, to deal with the sins of humanity, the sin that invades the deepest part of our hearts. And he came to offer hope, He came to offer forgiveness. He came to offer new life. And so maybe today is your day to begin following Jesus. I would encourage you to do that. If you don't follow Jesus, or if you already do follow Jesus, I want to remind you of this, that no matter what, no matter what you've gone through in 2020, no matter what you go through, we have hope. Because our deepest need was met in Jesus. Our need of a Savior is met because of Christmas. And we need to preach this gospel to ourselves and be reminded of this gospel over and over and over again because oh how quickly we forget when the world around us starts to fall apart. 
And so we just, even as Christians, we need the gospel. We need to be reminded of why Jesus came so that we don't lose hope. One way that we are reminded of the gospel and that I will invite you to participate in here in a moment is through the taking of communion. And so in just a minute, the band is going to play and we will have a time of response and I will invite you during that time to respond. You can respond by taking communion. You can respond by taking a next step. If you need to pray with someone, you need to know, hey, what does it mean to follow Jesus? How can I begin following Jesus? Jesus? We have a prayer team that will be in the back that would love to pray with you. But as you take communion this morning, I want to remind you of what that means and why that is such a reminder of the gospel to us. When we, when we take the cup, or when we take the bread, we are reminded of the body of Christ, which was broken for our sins. When we drink of the cup, we are reminded of the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. And we are reminded in that moment, in this meal together, of the gospel. And we are reminded that the greatest need that we have has already been met in Jesus. And because of that, we have hope. And here's what I know. I know that when this season of COVID or, or economy, economic problems, loneliness and depression, when all of this is over, I think we're going to look around at some things and we're going to say, you know what? Things definitely turned out different than I planned. There were a lot of things that, that I expected to happen that didn't. There were things that I didn't expect to happen that did. It was hard. Maybe some things that you would hope for, God will not come through on. Maybe some things that, that you didn't hope for, God absolutely will come through on in ways that you didn't expect, ways that you couldn't imagine. I don't know, but I do know this. I know that God is a God who keeps his promises, and Christmas is a reminder of that. And I do know that we'll look back on this season at some point and we will say, you know what? It was really difficult and it was really hard and it was really lonely and I don't necessarily want to go through that season again, but I do know this. I know that God was at work, that God was doing something. And I know that because God promises me hope in the form of Jesus. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your word that is such a reminder to us of the fact that you are at work in humanity. You're at work in our hard situations. That when Joseph was suffering and, and going through so much turmoil inwardly, and he was, he was dealing with, with all of this, that you were actually working something out that was far greater than he could imagine, that you were working out the salvation of the world through your son. And let that be a reminder to us this morning that when we're going through difficulty, that the gospel is still going forward, that the kingdom is still advancing, that you are still working to make all things new. And though we are in this time of, of already not yet, God, that we can trust you, that we have a reason to hope, and that when we need hope, we can look to Jesus and his coming and remember that you are working all things out together for your glory and for our good. Give us comfort in that this morning. In your name I pray, amen.